And what's happening, everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie247. And we're here, Paul, for the first... Well, it's the preview. It's not quite the first podcast of the new season, but the preview for the new season. It's uh, we've, we've held it off as long as we could. I think we've waited, waited quite long enough, and I think it's now time to, time to deliver the goods. But, um, yeah, a couple of days towards the end of the season, a little bit of excitement creeping in, or false optimism. We don't quite know yet, but when... Uh, a new season. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit because you you've had whispers of excitement a little bit. I spoke to the True Faith lads on the podcast I did with them. They seem passively optimistic for the season, and uh, it's kind of rubbed off on us a little bit. I mean, I'm going into it, I was kind of they like going into podcasts and stuff, and I've been a bit been a bit negative, and I felt a bit a bit like. Uh, it's the same shit every season, isn't it? But I think, I think the recent signing of Joe Willock in particular is really like, right, let's go. Season's coming in, get into the motion and, and get into Sunday. Because I am like, I was thinking I'm not going to go on a wager for, for, for a while, but I'm already trying to get tickets to Villa. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's been, it, it kind of catches you in a bit of a whirlwind. But uh, yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm not like buzzing for the start of the season, Paul. I'm kind of like, kind of just, uh, yeah, yeah, get into it. But, I am. Um, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. It's been a couple of weeks, so hope you're doing all right, mate. Um, spoke, had a good talk before the podcast kicked off and stuff. But uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday, mate. Just being able to catch up with you and 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 uh, things that are getting back into the motion of being a fan again. Because I think during COVID and stuff, we missed missed a lot of things. They like obviously going to the going to spoons before the match or whatever it may be. You know, like whatever you do, whatever your pre-match ritual is. I'm sure you missed that. Or all these missed that during during lockdown and stuff. So it'll be nice to get back to that, if anything. It is made, and it? it's 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 your avenue to be able to uh, unload on fellow you know Newcastle supporters. Could it be the transfer, uh, the frustrations about the transfer window? Could it be that we're going into another season with Lee Charnley and Mike Ashley in charge of things? Steve yeah, Bruce as the manager with his never-ending magic contract that's got no end date on it. Uh, it's, all, it's all of those sorts of things. But yeah, looking forward to... Uh, I think what we were saying, and certainly around the pre-season games, because obviously I've been to quite a few pre-season games, it's more about the social side of it and going to St James's Park and the day and everything else like that, as opposed to, I can't wait to see Bruce Ball because... I think you, me, everybody else had pretty much as much as we could stomach of that in his first season, let alone last season with how it uh, panned out and everything. So, yeah, you're not looking forward to great free-flowing champagne, sexy football, whatever you want to call it, but definitely looking to get back to St. James's Park. Good that Joe Willick isn't going to be playing, isn't going to be involved, even in a small part on the bench. Good about that, but uh, yeah, I think the the last week or so, when the season tickets uh, started to arrive, uh, and I'd been to one or two preseason games, it does, as it does every single year, it bites you. Uh, it's, it's the hope that kills you, mate. I've, I've literally since since I've started going since what probably ninety four something like that. Um, every season, I'm I'm adamant. Oh, we can do something. We can win something. What if maybe? And even this season, you're sitting there thinking, I know we fought relegation again last season and we rode the seat of our pants far too many times. Um, but you're looking at the team and you think we've got Alison Maxman, we've got uh, Miggy, we've got Wilson, uh, we've got Joe Willick. We've got lots of good players. The problem, of course, comes with squad depth and everything. But yeah, the first games of the season when you've got a full squad to pick from and a strong bench, 
and you've not been kicked out of the Cups uh, yet, although we have got the Jeff Hendrick derby to look forward to. Um, it's, yeah, it, it, it does. It just recharges you and you're ready ready to go. I'm just going to admit we haven't got the new ownership. I was hoping and praying, mate, that we'd have new owners yeah. and it'd be a party carnival atmosphere at the ground. But at least, in, look, it's, it looks like it's going to be a sellout. So that's that's a that's a positive. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on the, the takeover yeah you know, later on in the, in the video yeah 100% mate. that's that's something i've got on my notes yeah but um i the first thing i was going to talk about is pre-season because like it's it's been a weird one obviously you've been to a couple of games i went to the to the home one we've managed to avoid each other in the midst of all this but like, <laughs> yeah i mean the pre-season didn't start great i mean we lost one nil at york i was on time off beach seeing scott seeing the goal go in uh just managing to catch signal and i'm like Fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm sick of me. Like, yeah. I'm thinking, oh God, we can't even be fucking York. <laughs> Start of the season, oh God. But um, oh, I was it, nothing went right that day because Rob commentates for York and they Rob, a friend that we know from previous Alasis uh, uh, and stuff. Um, he, he, he commentates for York and he, he had a chance to commentate on this game, but they pulled it under the uh, pulled it from underneath him last second, so he didn't get the chance. So that was a, that was a bit shit for him, and we were good for him as well. And then Newcastle play like they do. <laughs> There's a big four on the flipping top, and <laughs> we get flipping beat. So it's not good. Um, no. So it's a meltdown at the start of preseason. But obviously, you don't. I, I remember the championship season when we got to be six one off late Orient. You can't really gauge preseason very much. Oh, um, you, get, you get to see Bruce with his it's it's all about minutes. It's all about minutes. That's how it comes out with it's got his it's got his Pardew excuse book already uh, out there, already polishing it up and you're sitting there thinking, Oh my word, I already hate I already hate this before the season's even started. Uh you know, it was it was a it was a disaster, mate, that game from start to finish. Um, we saw obviously the stream and stuff of it. You could you could watch it. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest, Lovely. I wanted to gouge my eyes out. I had it, uh, hooked up to the TV. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I was right, honestly made already. It was only pre-season. I was already contemplating getting all of the TV and slinging it out in the back garden. It was absolutely garbage, mate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how like let me know um, how many tallies is Paul going through this season. Thankfully, we're at more games than than not, so it should it should only it should only be two or three, right? But, Maybe a few seats getting ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I it was sort of shit against York. Obviously, it wasn't good. Even Maxi played, so I was surprised we didn't make any impact uh, in that one. And I remember when Steve Steve Bruce's notes came out after the press conference and stuff. The usual spiel. But I remember after the Euros and he starts, and he, I remember hearing him, I'm like, I forgot how annoying you were. <laughs> and it's starting to come in a little bit again now. So it's mm. like, I'm just... And that, that's the thing, mate, after a fantastic Euros and at the high of everything and, and you know, England doing fantastically well and the Graham Jones effect and everything else like that. So then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, back down to earth with a bang, back down to Newcastle and this, that, and the other. And, and at that point, I, I was just sitting there with the Graham Jones picture, rocking backwards and forwards in, in the corner, just talking <laughs> right, to some sort of divine miracle. Yeah, yeah. but um, to be fair, the next two, mate, is probably more for you, because I, I didn't see either of these games because they weren't streamed, but you went to them, you went to both Doncaster and Rotherham. And looking back, I wish I had went, like, but uh, I, I mean... Doncaster was a was a free two win. It wasn't wasn't comfortable. You said the goalkeeper made a couple of mistakes, but it was the first away yeah. day. 
since for you since um, West Brom away. I, yeah, I and and made. Let me just say for 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 a pre-season game to have several thousand Newcastle supporters. Right, I, I think there was there was only six or seven thousand in the stadium, and Newcastle fans were dominating the attendance. They were dominating oh, the noise. Right. And the scene outside, the away end was absolutely heaving. The home end, despite being delayed, the kick the kickoff was so uh, was so space like the you know um, occupied. There was literally it seemed like no home support. And the away the away end made from minute one, and even before the players come out when they were training, uh, even you know players taking shots at goal, warm ups was getting huge, huge. Uh, you know, ovations and getting songs. The players come out, and the fans from minute one to minute ninety were absolutely wild, singing the hearts out, songs left, right, and centre. Um, you know, if if you know if if such and such scores were on the pitch, you had all the old classics. We had Shawlami Obi songs, mate. We were literally Shawlami Obi was having his name sung in the away end. It was absolutely a pleasure to be. It's one of the best away ends that I've been in. I totally, you know, we were at the West Brom game. That was fantastic. The Doncaster game was too. Yeah. Um, Newcastle played some decent stuff. We knocked it about. We looked like we were all over them at first. Um, and then it, I don't want to single out a lad who was being thrown in into the shit, into the deep end. But Dan Langley, he looked really out of his uh, depth. And I just thought every time they were going to attack, and get a shot on target, there was a potential for them to yeah. score, unfortunately. But our attacking players, made, make no doubt about it, were, uh, were different gravy, and uh, we were deserved winners. We could have um, we could have, and we should have won by much, much more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at that point, I was just more worrying over the goalkeeping situation yeah. and uh, hoping that it, things would clear up and things would get better. I was gutted about the news about Martin Dubravka, obviously, after doing uh, his international service, coming back to Newcastle injured, is good and going to miss the start of the season again. again yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was cracking. And like I said, every single person in that away and mate, there wasn't one person who didn't, uh, who didn't sing and who didn't enjoy it. It was a pleasure uh, from, you know, from, from start to finish the entire experience there. But to, 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 co- <laughs> They show the opposite side of the coin, Rotherham away. Uh, obviously, I, I pulled up a parked up near Millmore, their old stadium, which is all, uh, it's got fencing around. It's it's still stood, it's still standing there. They're, they're redeveloping it at the moment, something separate to the football club. Uh, but then headed over to the New York Stadium, a stadium I've actually managed at before. I've, I've, I've done some uh, youth coaching, some youth management and, and uh, through my school work and uh, managed their fantastic facility. So I knew what to win. Sorry, did you win your game? Oh, I won the tournament. All right, you know what? <laughs> there you go. I, more I, more don't, I don't play. I don't play not to win. And that message no, was made uh, to totally manager. clear. Manager, there we go. Pointer yeah. on it. There we go. Spotty I've been saying I could do a better job than Steve Rose, and everybody knows you it. Won but... it won't run. You won it, brother. <laughs> oh, so certainly that, that, that's that's uh, a feather in my cap. But the game, I mean, it didn't start off great for me. I, I was um, the, the tickets. I was shepherded through by some rather keen stewards who were 
uh, a little bit probably green because it was their first match with fans in since the COVID thing was lifted. And myself and one or two others were shifted into an area where some home fans were going to be sat. So in the end, we were moved to quite an unusual position up where by commentators and everybody sits. So that, oh, right. that was different. That was a bit of an uh, unusual one, but it was a, actually a cracking view. Unfortunately, mate, the game was shit. It was absolutely <laughs> shit. Uh, we were fucking awful. Uh, Dan Barleza absolutely took the piss. He really did. Uh, the pitch was sudden. Um, the ball was getting held up. And we were just hacking stuff away. Uh, the balls were getting fired in from the left and right. It was a bit of a mess. It was a bit of a makeshift uh, team. Uh, we didn't have enough uh, anybody in the attacking areas. And uh, despite the fact, I mean, the positive, I suppose you could say from that game, mate, was we went behind and still managed to get a draw um, when the Irish uh, Jesus, Scott, and I, I must admit, I, I, I'll give credit where credit is due. Jeff Hendrick, that was a fantastic, fantastic goal. But just in case Steve Bruce is watching, He's not a striker. Don't ever play that man there again. Uh, and I was more impressed with the lad who was playing beside him from the under-18s, who I've, I've, I've singled out on a couple of occasions over pre-season. Um, young uh, young White from the under-18s. I thought he looked yeah, yeah. Really, really good. On the board, he was confident. He put himself about. He's got a he's got a left peg. I, I'd like that. He was energetic. He was enthusiastic, mate. Um. And I really, really like the look of him. I know Elliot Anderson's uh, coming up through the system, and I like the look of Elliot Anderson, but I also like the, the look of this lad, White. I think he could be a player for Newcastle in the future. But we were lucky, mate, make no doubt about it. Uh, and you're coming uh, out of the game, and even the Rotherham supporters are sort of like feeling a, a little bit sorry for us <laughs> and having to, put, you know, having to watch having to watch that shite and stuff like that. Now, the away end, it wasn't as noisy as what it was, but there was, again, plenty of songs, plenty of noise, uh, plenty of moans and groans, uh, little bits of frustration taken out against, obviously, Ashley um, and Steve Bruce and stuff. <laughs> quite <a> few times. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when you're getting compared to Steve McLaren at this oh, stage. I, I, forgot, I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. <laughs> You put your video up, right? Uh, Steve McLaren, and I think, yeah. um, I think a certain someone seen that one, mind. I don't think he was very happy. Be mentioned before on the podcast, Mr. Edwards. <laughs> Ooh, you got a bit of a bait. Just, uh, just a yeah. bit, uh, even though we're blocked on, by certain people, but <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Certain journalists have got a little bit, uh, yeah, a bit too much, but uh, yeah, I mean. It didn't look good at the start of preseason. Played three lower division sides, then got and picked up one win out of three and conceding. Yeah, a bit concerning, but obviously we played another lower division side, Burton Albion. We got told to join, uh, enjoy Burton away all those years ago, Paul. We yeah, always support us. Um, <laughs> and we did, we did enjoy Burton away. I don't think the um, set of supporters that mentioned this in 2016 enjoyed Burton away so much, so much so they got relegated at home by Bo uh, by Burton for the third division, <laughs> to which they are still there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, nice last words from Sunderland, which have lasted quite a long time to my hilarity, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll beat Burton 2 now. It, it looked a uh, looked a fairly comfortable performance from what I've seen of the highlights and stuff but yeah I mean much much better mate much better yeah. mate the thing is though poor Burton you, how shit are you when Joe Linton scores against you 
Um, although obviously we did have a little bit of a scare injury wise j- during that game, but uh, yeah, t- very, very, very uh, comfortable. I thought Newcastle again could have and should have run out much, much uh, better um, and bigger winners on on the day. To be honest, uh, but again, you, I think the frustrations were still at this point. Newcastle refusing to do business, refusing uh, to put the money down to complete deals. And I think, again, the watchword from the fans, uh, again, another fantastic away following. It, it was just, again, frustration. Frustration at, at, at our club, refusing to comment, refusing to communicate, refusing to make bids. At this stage, the only Premier League club who hadn't made a permanent transfer in Newcastle United. And, and, and as Newcastle today. fans, you're banging your, head off, you're banging your head off a brick wall, mate. Yeah, up until today, that was the fact. Yeah, um, yeah, flipping mental. But we'll touch on Joe Willock in a bit. Um, but yeah, we ended pre-season against two Premier League teams. We played Burnley behind closed doors. Don't know anything about. We just, I just know J. Rodriguez scored the winner. They didn't show anything else. Yeah, um, but the, I'll probably take the floor on this one, mate. Since I went to the not, since I went to the Norwich friendly, I thought the first half were absolutely flipping dismal. Uh, well, midfield looked absolutely horrendous. Norwich had the better chances in the first half. I like the look of um, I like the look of that Billy Gilmore in midfield. He looks looks comfortable on the ball, that lad. But um, weird. Is that, that lad from um, the got on loan? Yeah, yeah, from Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, he look, looks a good player. He played for Scotland in the Euros. Didn't ah, really know for against England, but um, yeah, he looks a good player. But looking like we're, in the second half we brought on Maxi, we brought on Shelby and we brought on a couple of couple of players that would be featured in the first team. And if anyone who's listened to the podcast from Day Dot will know, we aren't John Joe Shelby's biggest fans. We've slated him more than we've praised him. But Shelby came on at the weekend and he just changed the game. He just bang, no bother. He's spraying passes everywhere. They weren't pressuring him, but he came on and he added a bit of he added a calmness almost to the midfield, and it was like, "Is this 2015? Are you all right?" Like, it was it was a bit bizarre. But like, John Joe came on, he, he settled the midfield, he gave a good balance between the defence and in in the midfield because in the first half, Fetty was giving the ball away a lot, Murphy was giving the ball away a lot, um, Sean kept giving the ball away in midfield, Hayden kept. Like, there was about four or five players giving the ball away too easily. And Shelby just gave that little bit of balance, got the ball out way, got the ball to Maxi, and Maxi did kind of did the rest. Even Fraser came on and did did well to some extent. So and we managed to score three gale, uh, three. I was I was trying I was going on he's, to he's, he's he's gale. in a different position, isn't he, mate? Fraser. They've tried him out uh, in a few different positions over the course of pre-season, and I think they're really trying hard a to get him fit, a to b to keep him fit. But then also to find a position and a role for him in the t- in the team because you know when everybody's fit it's going to be difficult to justify dropping a Miggy or an ASM or somebody like that. Um, but I mean, you, you saw? Did you see the goal that he scored against uh, against Doncaster? Quality, um, Fraser. Ah, oh, yeah, did I? Yeah, it was quality strike, man. Quality strike. Oh, I know it's only against Doncaster. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not like pretending he's going to be this this that and the other but it's still a quality strike you still need to have some technique to be able to do what he did um and i think bruce is trying to maybe try him in a more central position to see whether he could get 
against something else out out of the lad to give him more minutes on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a big shout. But yeah, I totally agree. Um, John Joe came on against uh, Norwich, and we looked like a side absolutely, uh, you know, transformed uh, just with a, a range, a different range of passing mate that nobody else has got at the club. Um, nobody else, maybe with the exception of maybe Fabian Cher. Uh, I'd, I'd argue that he's probably got that range of passing in him, but he's not yeah. in a position in the field. When he's not on the field, it's it's very difficult. Mm. Then that's why I, I mean, I'm, I'll speak, speak about this more soon, but. I think it's why we're after another ball playing centre back by the sounds of the reports. So uh, I think I think I think that's mainly why. But yeah, I, I, second half Maxi came on and he just completely changed the game. I, he didn't score or anything like that, but he was um, he was very very threatening. And I think Norwich realised pretty flipping quickly what they had on the hands. And I think I think with Maxi we obviously have that that special ingredient that other teams don't have. Uh, like to summarise pre-season, like the best and worst performers during pre-season, like was there any that opened your eyes? Did Maxi play well? Because to me, in the first couple of games, it might look like he was a bit injured. He didn't look great against York. I'm not sure about the... I think he had an illness for... Um, he did, mate. Yes, he went down with a mysterious illness. Now, at this point, I was shitting bricks because if you cast your mind back to when he was at Nice before we signed him, he all of a sudden started getting these mysterious illnesses and he was unavailable. Um, and that was because he was trying to push the move through to Newcastle. So, of course, putting one and one together uh, and you're looking at the situation, you're scratching your head and where's he at and we need him and he's one of our talisman, yeah. uh, you know, in, in the team. I was worried. Uh, and when he was playing, he was looking so far off the pace. But um, as we've seen with the Carl Darlow situation and stuff like that, his illness you know, can take it out of you. Um, but yeah, the second half against Norwich, I thought he was um, way much more, you know, much more improved, much more Which... what we are, you know, used to. And again, uh, you know, he's not going to score every single game at this time either. But what he does, mate, is he'll occupy two or three players and create space, or he'll win a free kick, or he'll move you forward, uh, or he'll set an attack off, or he'll have the energy to be able to keep a ball in that has no right to be kept in and that, that gets an attack going or whatever. Yeah. Uh, personally, for me, uh, man, uh, sort of players who have impressed me over pre-season, uh, Jacob Murphy, he came back to training before pre-season training even started. Yeah. Uh, and I know he wasn't fantastic against Norwich. I, I, I didn't think he had a, a great uh, game, but you know, first half nor did many people. But I think this pre-season, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's earned himself a new deal, potentially up to six years, if you believe what's been uh, reported and stuff like that. This, this for a lad who most people would have quite happily paid for a taxi fare to get rid of him. We did. Um, we were yeah. off, mate. We thought he was yeah. out the door. People, were, people, including ourselves, were saying, look, I hope Sheffield Wednesday take up an option on him, this, that, and the other. But you can tell, mate, it uh, doesn't matter whether it's a pre-season knockabout or whether it's a competitive game, he cares. He scored, again, he scored a, you know, fantastically well uh, in pre-season also. Um, so he's, like, he's performed fantastically well over pre-season. Um and he certainly stood out. But like I touched on before, some of the youngsters coming in, I know I said the goalkeeper, Dan Langley, he hasn't really impressed me, to be honest, in the same way that like a Jack Anik, I didn't uh, impress me or some others didn't impress me. 
Uh, even Fraser Foster, when he was uh, breaking through, didn't particularly impress me at the time. Dan Langley um, didn't impress me, but yeah, certainly quite. Change a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so, did with, um, Woodman, if you remember, because I remember watching him against Luton in the FA Cup and he looked shaky, he looked timid. It was terrible distribution. I watched him against Norwich and he looks a completely different goalkeeper. Like I know we'll speak about West Ham yeah. later on the podcast, but um, it's it's literally a case of like he's he's grown so much as a goalkeeper. Like he yeah. should be Newcastle need to keep him, even it, if it it's it's a difficult top. one, mate. It's a difficult one because uh, rumours uh, today, strong rumours that uh, Arsenal. They've been knocked back, I think, a £27 million bid from the lad from Sheffield United, the goalkeeper, I think Ramsdale. Um, they want between 30 and £34 million Sheffield United for, 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 their, for their goalkeeper. So they are now shifting their attention through to, to, to Freddie Woodman. Now, Martin Dubravka is going to be back for the Manchester United game. He'll be back fit for the international break just before that game. Carl Darlow... Um, if needed, would be available. But obviously, he's recovering from the effects of uh, COVID and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Still getting back up. Um, there is still a, a strong chance that the Freddie Woodman may not be a Newcastle goalkeeper. But I was listening to uh, Mick Laws speaking about uh, Freddie Woodman. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of time for what Mick Laws says and his thoughts and what he's like seen that. in the game. And he's like, look, he says, if, if you let... Um, Woodman get in. Woodman will be a better keeper than Martin Tabrafka. Now that's quite a big that is quite a big statement because obviously myself, yourself, many, many others rate Martin Tabrafka so so high. But that's somebody with a lot of knowledge of the game saying that they believe, and certainly from what he spoke to coaches about, etc. etc., that he could become better than Martin Tabrafka. But the call will come. If you put Woodman in and keep him in, is Dubravka going to be happy playing second fiddle? I can't no. imagine that he would because I think he's he's capable of certainly being a, a goalkeeper for a, a Champions League side. Um, yeah, I, I, rate him, I rate him that highly. But there is a big call to be made, mate, at the end of the day. I think Carl Darlow could probably uh, go to another club, maybe a top-end championship, lower-end Premier League club, and be a first choice. Um, I think Gillespie is a backup uh, keeper. He's a third choice keeper all day long. Um, it's who, who who do you put in? Who do you say right? We're going in that direction now, and we're going to back. If Arsenal come with twenty four million pound for Freddie Woodman or twenty million pound for Freddie Woodman, you snap the hand off. Yeah. You do. And what 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 I mean what the the need Arsenal need to improve their English quarter. So they need an English goalkeeper and that's why Woodman gets that. So that automatically gets an extra little bit on top. So you could, you could find yourself in a situation, mate, where you're getting most of the Willick money back through Freddie Woodman. But do you say no? Freddie Woodman, what, is he 24? I think he's 24. Let's just say 24. Yeah. You, you could be talking 12, 13 years, your first choice keeper. That's what you could be saying. Now, if you've got Martin Dubravka, who is older, do you sit there and think, well, do you actually sell Dubravka? Do you keep him until the winter trading and then move Dubravka on? It is huge. I think you've got two fantastic goalkeepers there. Then you've got, uh, just underneath that, you've got Carl Darlow, who's a fantastic keeper in his own right. I personally think he's not a number one for Newcastle. That's just my personal opinions and feelings on it. Um so I think one, at least one of the goalkeepers has to go. There's no way 
that we can justify in the squad of 25 having four goalkeepers when you've only got five centre-backs and you're playing three at the back week in and week out, for example. So to me, we need to shift a goalkeeper on before yeah. this summer trading is over. Um, but I would not like to be the man who makes the, the decision because it is an absolutely humongous... I love Dubravka, but from what I've seen of Freddie Woodman, I'm also... Impressed. Impressed. Definitely impressed. Much more than I'm impressed for a Carl Darlow. Although I will just sit and have just been singing the song before we came on, actually, because the song came on, on the TV. <laughs> yeah. He's got a mint chant, Carl Darlow, hasn't he? Absolutely mint chant. He does, but it, it is a tough one. But not many teams in the league have that kind of headache where the goalkeepers are concerned. I We've think always had it. In terms of free goalkeepers... I don't think there's another team in the league have better strength and depth over three goalkeepers than we do, mm-hmm. which is strange. We're not usually the, the best in class with goalkeeper. We're not quite PSG who have 25 goalkeepers, but we have three <laughs> and we have three goalkeepers. We've always done it. You look back historically, right, and when it was Steve Harper versus Shea Given, either one of them could have been the first-choice goalkeeper easily. You've had Shaka Hislop when you've had uh, versus uh, Pav. Uh, no, no, one second. No, Matt Sells, no. Nah, nah, he was shite. He's going to be the goalkeeper who's going to give uh, Messi his debut, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, we have, mate. We've always had, always had great, uh, you know, great goalkeepers. And even now, Martin Dubravka and Carl Darlow are a fantastic uh, two fight now. But, yeah, season after season, we've always had quality, uh, you know, between the sticks. And that's forced, as I touched on before, and we had Fraser Foster just sitting there. Um, and we've, we've been able to let a quality goalkeepers go because we've always had quality goalkeepers. Um, but, yeah, again, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. And, and no matter which way that you cut it, you are going to upset some of the fan base. There's going to be some people who are really attached to Martin Dubravka, some people who think Woodman should be in there. Um, and there'll be even probably some Carl Darlow supporters saying, well, what about this lad? You know what I mean? So uh, I don't envy. I don't envy, but it is a decision that needs to be made. Um, but I would say Freddie Woman has got the perfect um, opportunity to stick yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Go out, enjoy yourself, make the saves, command the box. Yeah, no good distribution, mate. And it could be that Freddie Woodman, despite the fact that a loan was sorted out for him to Bournemouth, yeah, um, he could end up being our first choice. And if not, he could end up going to Arsenal and pushing their keeper for the, for the first time duties down at the the Emirates. And Mike actually gets his uh, uh, twenty, you know, twenty four, twenty five yeah. minutes back. <laughs> Zero next spend. We're talk we're talking about a big decision, right? Big decision for, for between the goalkeepers for uh, Freddie Woodman, Carl Darlow, Martin Dubravka. The thing is, I wouldn't trust Steve Bruce to run as a bath. So it's it's like no. which way do you go? <laughs> like we're trusting. Mate, mate, mm-hmm. Mrs. Charlie doesn't uh, doesn't trust Lee Charlie to fucking, uh, put, <laughs> to cook the toast on the morning. He's that useless. He, I told you honestly, he, he wears slip on fucking shoes because he can't tie his own bastard laces. So fuck me. Hi, but these are the Don't people the football club we love, mate, and it's a, it's an actual sin. It's a sin to life. But yeah, in terms of like. Um, 
best and worst players for our preseason and stuff. I was in, I, I was impressed with the main, the way Maxi played against Norwich. Um, Norwich is probably the only one I've seen all the way through, so that's probably where I'll gauge mine from. Um, I was impressed with Woodman. I liked the way he looked. Um, Gale, Gale had a good game against Norwich. Obviously, Dwight Gale's a strange. Wow, what, what a finish, mate! What yeah, a there finish! There were two good goals. I mean, uh, he. You, there were two good finishes, but um, you mentioned Sholami Obi before. If we don't sign, sign another centre forward, we might be calling him out of flipping retirement. Loan, uh, loan manager to centre forward. <laughs> I, I will say, mate, you know, with Dwight Gale, um, that that's his, this has been his first pre season he's been able to do since 2018. And I, I'm looking at him um, and I'm thinking to myself, he's, he's certainly against Norwich. He looks like he's benefiting from having a preseason, mate. He really does. Yeah. Um, and, and the confidence, it was a beautiful... I don't care. At the end of the day, you've still got a very good goalkeeper to beat there. And, and and that finish and that curve and that bend was an absolute joy to behold. And if you can get Dwight Gale uh, chipping in with a few goals, because he hasn't done that over recent seasons, I'm, I'm afraid to say, um, it can be a massive asset to Newcastle off, off the bench, covering for Wilson when he's injured. Um but you're quite right. We need more, uh, and I'm not buying the shit that's been shoveled out about. Uh, well, Maxi can be a, a striker, and and all all this false nine shit. It's basically uh, you can make an argument for anybody under that. Well, it's it's a false nine. It's not a real no. If you want a striker, play a striker. It's square pegs in square holes, and round pegs in round holes, and none of this bullshit uh, about false this and false that. And everything. Maxi's not a striker. Uh, ASM. No. So, so yeah, uh, Maxi's not one. Uh, Miggy's not one. Uh, and certainly, and I want to make this hundred percent clear because I was there. Jeff Hendrick, Steve Bruce, <laughs> is not a striker. So get that dirty forward out your mind. Be over, man. If Jeff Hendrick is a centre forward, then I am an astronaut. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's just something not. He's not even a footballer, let alone a centre forward. Let's be honest, mate. Hey, it, it, to be fair, though, it, it was a, it was a really good goal. It was a great header. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But as soon as he scored. He's probably heard you talking on this podcast. He probably thought, I'll hit him with a flipping head out. It's whether the top corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? But. Um, Aye, in terms of in terms of like the window, might as well preview that as well. We'll pre- we'll preview the games and preseason. Might as well look the. I mean, transfers in was is pretty shambolic. <laughs> I mean, we've we've brought in Jeff. Um, I've now said Jeff Hendrick. Fucking hell, Kyle. Oh, um, <laughs> no, we're not cloned the bastard. <laughs> no, again, no, no. again. But uh, <laughs> we've got um, we've just brought in Joe Willock today. We're first signing of the summer, which is really disappointing that it's only the first signing, but. I did a video on this like yesterday and it came out the deal for, for the YouTube channel and stuff. And um I gave my thoughts. I was quite happy with the signing, very versatile, very important signing for, for me. Even Alex Hurst yesterday was saying it could potentially be the biggest signing or the most important yeah. signing under Mike Ashley, which was a big a big claim by the way for me. But um yeah, I, in terms of in terms of Willock, I was really happy with the signing. But um, didn't quite get your thoughts, Paul. Like, what what are you thinking? I'm absolutely over the moon um, with the capture of Joe Willick. But it's so frustrating that the club only seems to be able to work on one deal and doing one thing at the time. Um, Especially with John. This, this this was the most mate. This was the most common sense decision, the most easiest decision that you should ever 
have been able to, to make you look back at the goals that he scored. He was outstripping everybody else. You look at all the other uh, midfielders. He's our best midfielder uh, since Johan Kabai. Um, you look at his athleticism, how uh, you know how he arrives late in the box. He offers something different. You've got Hayden, who's defensively uh, sound, but hasn't got the range of passing. You've got John Joe, who has got the range of uh, passing. Uh, you've got you know fantastic, tricky, pacey, uh, you know wide attacking uh, players further up, but yeah. you haven't up till this point had somebody arriving late in the box. Somebody uh, who's got he's just like a Rolls Royce of a of a play. He runs so fantastically well, yeah. and he's so physically well built, so impressive. Um, you know when you're looking at John Joe with his hands on his legs, out of out of breath. Um, Exhausted, and then you say literally like Joe Willick doing all the running, and, and he looks like he could run, yeah, uh, for, forever. But let me just say, mate, the deal that we got, we absolutely and utterly mugged Arsenal uh, off, and I think I just think we're Arsenal, mate. They're a club who likes the fancy foreign, uh, sexy player coming in, and perhaps not so much for, for you know for for one of your own. But I'm just over the moon. I'm just delighted that the club has, has done the deal. Are we any stronger than last season? No, but what I would say is, look, Joe Willick's in. We've got Graham Jones back off the Euros. and We've not managed to lose him. Other clubs have come calling for Graham Jones, so we could have lost Graham Jones. Um, you know, we've managed to find some money from somewhere under the sofa or anywhere else that Mike Ashley has been hiding the cash for all these years. Uh, we've managed to find the money. We've paid for it in a lump sum as well. There's no financing of it or anything else like that or um you know any shenanigans so that i'm just normal. delighted i'm delighted mate we have signed a quality footballer but it, it it can't stop there i know we've got 26 players in the squad we touched upon the fact that some goalkeepers probably need to go out some others need to go out uh we've cut away all the deadwood we've saved over two hundred thousand pounds per week in wages with the likes of your carols, yeah, etc., etc., et all off the wage bill uh, yeah. now, and, and it's a case of having a squad. What we need is no deadwood because we can't afford to carry deadwood. No, uh, having no, quality options are all the way, all the way through that twenty-five mate, so that we we can we can have a better season. Because I am pissed off with relegation scrap after relegation scrap. I've, Joe Willick yeah. touched on it today. We shouldn't be doing that. That that isn't Newcastle. That shouldn't be Newcastle at all. Uh, but yeah, totally, utterly delighted. I was buzzing. Uh, I've watched the videos and the the, the media stuff that that he's done, and he speaks uh, really, really well. I think it was a difficult decision him leaving Arsenal. He's been there since he's was what I think unofficially since he's been four. Um, but he's talked very glowingly about the club and how it's a family field. There at this so I'm 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 just delighted. I'm trying not to look at the politics and the Premier League stuff and the takeover, uh, pissing against the wind and all of that. And I'm just looking at it as a you've signed this player. What do you think? And yeah, I'm just relieved because I know <laughs> if Newcastle if there was a way to fuck it up, Newcastle would have found a way to fuck it up. And I, and I know he's not available for this weekend's game, so that's a little bit of a fuck-up. But, mate, he's, he's a quality player. He, he's going to score your goals. He's going to get into, you'd argue, probably double figures over the course of the season. Um, and I think his potential international quality. Um, and 
I, I just now hope and pray that the takeover or a takeover does happen. We can progress as a club. You want to keep your ASMs happy, which this does, because he's he's been yeah. quite vocal, hasn't he, about we should be signing the Joe Willicks of the world, and we've got another quality player in it. It's all about trying to trying to build it up uh, bit by bit and, and not finding excuses to not sign these players. It, it, it's it's uh, to me. Up. I sent it to you after last season. Made common sense. Sign them up. He was out scoring at your De Bruyne's every other attacking midfielder in the league. He was doing the business. So, find the cash and do the deal. We were a Premier League team, mate. We are a Premier League team, a Premier League club. We've got a fantastic support. We, we, we should be making... These are the type of deals that we should be doing every single uh, summer. This, should, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody at all. No, Newcastle stature are doing this, but certainly, mate. I've looked around and I was starting to get worried. You see, Aston Villa splashing cash, cash, all the other splashing cash, even like Watford's, even Fulham's with money to burn. And then you're sitting there thinking, all I'm hearing from Newcastle, mate, is um, like paper towels and excuses. Yeah, pretty much. Today, mate, no excuses. They got the job done, but I will just say, for all those people kissing each other's ass. Are you kissing the cleaner's ass when the cleaner hoovers the carpet up? <laughs> no, you're not. So all he's done is he's done his job, mate. You know what I mean? So there's no ass kissing from Lee Charney here. I know Mark will be watching this video. Mark likes to ass kiss Lee Charney. I refuse to, to kiss. He's just, he's just done his job, mate. For one day, he's done his job. And that's it. Let's see what he does. Let's see what he does tomorrow. So, yeah. Well done on hoovering the carpet. Well done on washing the pots. <laughs> yeah. I've completely forgot where I was, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, Willock offers like he offers versatility, he offers he offers something in midfield because obviously our midfield before he signed was as dull as dishwater, like Hendrick, Shelby. You know, it 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 just doesn't get the long shots, mate. I mean, we've touched on them a few times. Um, just, you know what I mean? It's just like they've been bruised, haven't they? You know, they've been bruised at the end of yeah, the, end of the day. But yeah. one thing I will say is I think Arsenal might be looking for his receipts because they're getting beat 2 0 at Brentford, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they might just be looking for that, um, but they can. Brentford top of the Premier League. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brentford top of the Premier League. Stop the league now. As long as we're not in the bottom three, right? But um, <laughs> no, speaking of. Praising Charlie, Bruce was quick to say to thank Lee Charlie for getting this done, um, which really annoyed me a bit. I, th I think coming out and thanking Lee Charlie just kind of kind of sums up the the kind of the, the he's definitely the stooge and like obviously I've mentioned Alex a couple of times in this in the podcast and I'll mention him again. Like I was speaking to him yesterday and and he was like. You know, to, to, and we're talking about uh, Charney a little bit and what he's actually like and, and stuff like that. And Wanker. for me, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 just mental that Lee Charney will get thanked because it, for, for me, it might be a canny bloke, but in his in, in his job description, he gets paid nearly six hundred grand a year to do effectively. Yeah, nothing. Um, and he's a pay rise, mate. The, the club, the club, all that money on on furlough payments. Yeah, they claim £1.2 million on furlough payments and then they decided at the same time to give Lee Charney a pay rise to increase his wage threefold. It's 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 unbelievable. The, the man, um, and, and, and 
people say he's, he's all right. He's what he's not one of us. Like he's not one of us. Um, one of us. Come on, no. Hey. I'm hey. not. I'm not having this. I'm not having that. He's he's one of us. That he's one of the lads. Um, yeah, he he's, he's, he promises so so much. I mean, I even think that Mama Charlie probably hates this lad. You know what I mean? He's that fucking useless. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Charlie just wants him out the house. He probably has a clip on tie, slip on shoes. The the staff don't even trust him to order the photocopy of paper. Never mind anything else. Um. <laughs> and he oversees fast after fast. He doesn't speak to the fans. He, pro uh, he he might promise one thing to the authorities and then fails to do anything. Uh, mate, he, he, he was arrested and 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 unarrested, and he's had tax shenanigans. You name it, there's been controversy in every single time. Mate, it's under his stewardship. And you've got to think of it, mate. He is the puppet of a certain Mike Ashley. He's the right hand. Of a certain Mike Ashley, so oh, I, just can't give, I can't give him credit. I cannot give him credit. And like even today, on a fantastic day for the football club, we signed a fantastic footballer in Joe Willick. But like I touched on before, like you, you don't you, you don't say that the person serving in the canteen is doing a fantastic job, yeah. And they do it every day, every day of of the week. Lee Chani's done this once, yeah. And he might have done a good deal a while ago for Martin de Brafket to bring him in, you know, on a relatively cheap deal and this, that, and the other. But more often than not, mate, he's right. just he's just part of the problem, isn't he? He's part of the problem. He's not part of the solution that Newcastle United needs, mate. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, he's he's just flipping useless. I just hope this takeover can eventually go through so we can get rid of these flipping idiots. Like, I know we're having to wait a while and it's not even worth talking about the takeover. I'm just completely dead to it until no. it comes up. Can't down the road. But um, we have been linked with other players like Paul. Weirdly enough, we've been linked with Santiago Munez. And when I started this podcast with you, I, I wasn't expecting to be mentioning goal in real life. Like we're, we're, Everybody loves goal. Anybody listening loves goal. Of course you do. Yeah. But for Newcastle to sign Santiago Munez in real life, did, I wasn't expecting it. So, just I, I, I might just watch goal again just for the crack. But yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't know much about the kid. He scored three goals in like twenty games in Mexico. He's only in eighteen, nineteen. But he, he did well at the, the seven, eight, under seventeen's World Cup made a couple of years back. And during um, during the run and during the subsequent time at, at his club, Newcastle's Twitter account actually uh you know the 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 eyes emoji over some of the reports about him scoring and this that and the other um so i, I retweeted that on i was i was today newcastle you know pre previously retweeting uh this lad and and, and stuff and again part of the things is, is it the merchandise thing is it the story? It, it, you know what I mean? It, you just it, yeah, if it is true. If it is true, we've got a loan with an option to buy. You hope and pray beyond anything that this deal comes off, and the kid is 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 fantastic. It's another Jose Perez sort of situation when we sign him from Tenerife from nowhere. Harris, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, you, you, I looked at it first of all, and I thought somebody's taking the piss. So then I did a search on ESPN, and then I did a search. And then I was like, well, I've heard this player. Where have I heard him from? Ah, yeah, World Cup, right, yeah. Looked over that, right, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, we've re we I did a search, and I was, we've retweeted this before. Ah, 
well, retweeted again. Uh, I'm like, this can't be happening. And then more and more people have got on the bandwagon. And uh, what what a, what a, a cracking story. Um, it would be amazing. Yeah, it would be absolutely fucking amazing. Is he off to Real Madrid, mate? A couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah, aye. Uh, as long as they don't trade war for Mike alone, though. Do it to oh, that. That. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I've been looking for a couple, mate. Apparently, there's been bids flying for like Kamara, midfielder, plays in uh, France. Don't know much about him, mine. So if you want expert opinion, go to Sky Sports or fake Sky Sports, wherever you want to go. Um, Rob Holden, you could bring hit. You could, we could bring him in on loan. Another another deal with Arsenal. What do you reckon of Rob Holden, mate? Because I don't really like him. He's a bit more like he's a bit like a Kieran Clark type player, and he would. It's not that he's not good. It's like we've already got similar. Yeah, yeah. That that that's it. The Kieran Clark sort of um, comparison is is probably a, a good one um, to me. I mean, he had his loan deal and stuff like that, and he's had his opportunities and his chances, and it's just not somebody. I mean, the Joe Willick thing would excite me. Um, I think some of the other lads that we've been linked to as well, the, the Roma player, the lad from France, I've seen bits of, I've done bits of research. I've, you know, I, I know a little bit about them from, you know, if, 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 if there's a spare moment, if nobody's got the TV, I'll stick some football on from somewhere and watch some. And I think I'd be far more excited about maybe one of those signings than, than, a, than a Rob Holden type signing because yeah. certainly... Uh, from what I've seen from you know the lad from uh, France, he can go. He's an athletic uh, CDM type player. Um, even, the Roma, even the Roma lad, uh, Spanish, isn't he? Um, I don't know. Again, much about looks, him. looks, he looks good. I don't. I know less about him than than I do from the lad from from France. But um, yeah, Rob Holden for me, mate, wouldn't be one that I'd look to blow significant funds on because. Yeah. I, I, I just I just think there's other options. And you've also got to look at the fact, you've got to look at the makeup of this 25-man squad. You can't have all of one position or this, that, and the other. Um, you know, we're playing three at the back, but we've only got five defenders technically. Um, I personally think Isaac Hayden's going to be retrained as a um, as a centre-back. As, as, as another midfielder, that would make sense. Yeah, uh, to put to put him in, into that. But you're looking at Rob Holden... And are you looking maybe on more on the right hand side? Well, you've got Mankeo there, you've got uh Kraft there, you've oh. got Jacob Murphy over there. So you're gonna to have to be looking at moving players out before moving players in. And and I just don't think that um I don't think I would be comfortable with spending the amount of money that it would take to sign him um to bring Rob Holden to, to, to the club. Um, he, he's, he, he generates to me about as much excitement as Jeff Hendrick did when he signed. So, yeah, yeah, even then, we thought Jeff Hendrick was a solid signing for now. <laughs> so, and for now, for really boy, have we been wrong? <laughs> Massively wrong. We're not, a, yeah. an expert. Hold our hands up to that one. We're not right about everything. Yeah, pulled hands up, really sorry, but <laughs> um, yeah, looking forward to the derby though, aren't you? The Jeff Hendrick derby coming up shortly. Oh God, we've got beat off them in a friendly. Apparently, behind closed doors. Take that, take it what you will. But we've been linked with Carter Vickers, who played for Southampton last season. Actually, no, it wasn't Southampton. It was Bournemouth. Um, yeah. so he worked under Graham Jones in a little capacity. So maybe, maybe he he, he could come in on loan. Um, interestingly, though, Paul, I picked up on this on Twitter before we came on. Ross Bog, he's actually got. It hasn't been given a shirt number, at Chelsea. 
And there's someone who I think something. would be a good sign for Newcastle and Bob. He'll be a will be a stewed fit, I think. Uh, English lad. Um had a lot of potential before he picked up a major injury. Uh, but for me, I think Ross Bott would be a good signing. I don't know about you, like, but bring him in on loan. I think he'd be a good good player to bring in. Center yeah, mid- yeah, exactly. It's difficult with these big players, you know, when and they're coming up with big reputations, mate, and they get the injuries. It always reminds me of Dan Goslin, if you remember him, where he came in, he had an injury, didn't he? But he had a big yeah. reputation, and then he wasn't quite the same player after the injury as he was maybe prior to it. But I think certainly Ross Bartley on, on loan would be a fantastic uh, piece of uh, business. Again, offer us something different. And I think that would probably be more, be more evidence of uh, Isaac Hayden perhaps being looked upon more as um, a, you know, a, a, a central defender in a, in, a, in a free at the back as opposed to a, you know, like a midfielder and stuff. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against Ross Bartley coming in on, on, on loan because we still need more work in the middle of the park we have said match after match has been a massive issue for newcastle uh, and uh, our tactic at certain points of last season was well let's get the ball to willick let's get the ball to asm it shouldn't be like that it should be about a system and i think what bruce is maybe trying to get to do is to bring in somebody a little bit more athletic so he can push that midfield a little bit further up um and we can try and dominate and maybe put our impression onto the opposition a little bit more rather than riding by the seat of our pants all the fucking time, which was basically the uh, tactic, you know, last season. Uh, Carter Vickers, uh, who's been down at Bournemouth, he's worked with uh, Graham Jones a few times and he's got the left foot and he'll certainly bring the ball out. Um, So... Again, I, I think that's that's appealing. He's a different type of defender to what we've got. Yeah. Again, athletic. Again, can, can can move himself about a little bit. He isn't just a stand there and head, but quite slow, static type defender. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think the Carter Vicker ones um, makes a lot of sense. Obviously, we were linked to one or two other alternatives, but uh, Vicker's it keeps coming back time and time and time again. And I certainly think that Spurs wouldn't stand in his way at no. all. I don't, I don't see it being, uh, I don't see him fitting in there, but he did a, he did a good job at Bournemouth, but it's, you know, making the step up. Um, uh, but I, I would trust what Graham Jones saw hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I would, I would trust uh, Graham Jones opinion as well. But, yeah, I don't know who else we'll bring in. I, I think we'll bring in two more loan players, but I don't think anyone else will come in permanently. I think Joe Willock's kind of that's it. Um, the thing is, so is that enough? I, I don't. It depends what positions they decide to fill. Uh, if they bring in a centre forward, uh, if they bring in another midfielder, and maybe plug in a few gaps at centre back and, and and right back and stuff like that. If they brought in five players, I think I'd be very happy with that. But if, if they can bring in three. And the solid players, even if they're loan deals, I can take something from it the way we've got a strong enough squad to more than comfortably stay up. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to hope, mate. You've got to hope that this season is the last fucking season with Mike Ashley. You've got oh, to hope you've oh. got to hope for that. I can't keep up myself through this absolute fucking pain of of, of the Bruce Charnley Ashley um you know uh, situation. I will say that Mike Ashley is um, stepping back, and he always said that it was his wish um, to step back a little bit from his business empire and maybe move to Miami and enjoy the rest of his life. 
So I'm hoping with the announcements that's happened at Fraser's Sports Direct, whatever shit they want to call it this this week, um, I'm hoping that that is the beginning of it. In the accounts, it talked about the fact that the can have been kicked to July next year with regards to the debt that we owe Mike Ashley and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I am hoping and praying that somewhere, you know, whether we get this takeover with the Saudis and PIF or whether it's somebody else, we cannot keep having an owner who has put the keys through the letterbox and has no interest about putting a, on a one penny of his own money in. He's just interested in his own uh, greedy um, corporate desires, whether that's selling off land at Strawberry Place, whether that's taking a few million out like he does all of the fucking time, whether that's free advertising, etc., etc., etc. But it's got to end, mate. It's got to end at some point. You're right. It has. Fingers crossed. It's the last season. But yeah, <laughs> I'm entering like the the final bit. Yeah, I mean, it's we've still got probably 15, 20 minutes left, Paul. But like in terms of going into the season, like obviously we've signed Joe Willock. A, a few have went out. Um, a few more need to. The the players the, the players that have went out obviously like Severe, Mutu, uh, Lejeune. Uh, Kel Watts, which was a strange one given how many minutes he got. That's one thing I do want to touch on, actually. Um, Steve Bruce, in December slash January, early February, every single press conference was short of a centre-half. We need a centre-half. We need a flipping centre-half. We need a centre-half. Whilst we loaned out Lejeune to Alaves, and um, he sold Lejeune to Alaves, and... Um, we had Kel Watts there. He was getting games in preseason and stuff. And it was like, if we're not bringing in a centre back, Kel Watts will be depth. And he's loaned him out to Wigan. So I'm I'm completely lost. After the play of the Macrams. After the play of the fucking Macrams. Yeah. You might have been able to help them. And it's like, it, it's really frustrating to me because, like, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of got a manager who doesn't learn from his mistakes. It's like, you, you moan all of last season. We need a centre back. We need a centre back. Centre back. Centre back. Centre back. And you leave was shorter at centre back than we were last season. A couple of injuries and whatnot, admit it, that's across the board, and that's something I'll probably mention a couple of times. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you expect, mate. I don't know what you expect. Look, he's come out today and said we won't improve overnight. The lads only had 758 days to sort this problem out. What do you expect? We, won't, we will not improve overnight. What do you expect? Goodness sake. Every time that lad opens his mouth, Steve Bruce. Um, Shit follows. Yeah, it, it, it's just a clusterfuck. It, it really, really is. He doesn't help himself. He comes no. out with statements like you said, I'm short of centre-backs. And then he lets... Lejeune leave for literally peanuts and then he lets uh, Kel Watts go to Wigan. Now, look, if we had another up-and-coming young defender, you'd think, that's okay. We've got that void of the next big thing coming up, but we don't. Now, I, I get Kel Watts will benefit from first-team football. Totally not to get that. But, like you said, when it's mid-December and we've got an absolute hellacious run... And we need other players. We haven't got them there. And people are saying saying to me when I asked about, well, we could do with another centre-back. Why do we need centre-back when we've got five? Well, if you're playing three at the back, 
three can get injured very, very quickly, and then you are literally riding by the seat of your pants. Exactly. That is why I think that he will he will sign a central defensive midfielder. You know, probably more likely on loan, maybe with an option. Yeah. Um, but then he will have he'll have Hayden and Emil Kraft as fillers, and I am worried about this weekend that Emil Kraft is going to get the start because he has played a lot of football. Did all right against Norwich. He has done all right, uh, and he's probably the pacier of quite <laughs> a slow Newcastle <laughs> backline. <laughs> not, we're not blessed with pace, are we? Um, <laughs> we really are not. Uh, and that's why I, I think Vickers will come in. I, I do think Vickers will come in, I must admit. I did a 100-metre sprint between my back lane, mate. It'd take about 20 years to <laughs> get the end of the season. Oh, I... And I tell you something as well. When uh, Kraft goes back to Norwich, I bet he'll be getting fucking uh, nightmares. <laughs> that was, that was probably the scene of his worst ever performance. And that's saying something with Emil Kraft. It is saying something as well, mind. But, but uh, I mean, what, what like going into the season, what's like the what's your overall feeling? Because like mine's like we said at the top of the podcast, like. Mine was a bit dread, but I'm running through the motions a little bit of looking forward to getting back into the ground, looking forward to seeing you. It's more looking forward to everything else social side. around the game, more the social side and everything like that. But what's a genuine ge- genuine feeling going into the season? Are you got confidence in the squad, Graham Jones? Like, where does this confidence stem from? Is it just habit? It, it is, and the thing is, it's a habit since about 1994. Um. I've had a pound on Newcastle to win the Premier League every season since 1994. Now that's money I could have put to much better use. <laughs> I know, I know. I've seen some shit. I really, really have. And they, every season I come back and like, please, sir, can I have some more shit? You know, uh, but <laughs> mate, at the same time, I've seen some fantastic things when I least expected it. And I've seen Newcastle get to the later stages of European competition. I've been there when we've got to the final uh, for two years in in, in a row. Um, I've, I've seen the Pardew season when, when you know, we were fighting up towards the top when we had no right to be fighting up to, you know, towards the, 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 the top of the league. Yeah. Um, I've got fantastic memories and mem- and it's and it is those moments that you go and you, you live you that you live and, and die for. It, it's you know the moment like you're two 0 down against Everton into stoppage time and it's a two two uh, draw. I, I don't now go expecting a young guy used to sit there. Well, we could, we'll I think we're going to win a cup. We're going to win the FA Cup. I, I don't. I see the I see the the wealth funds who are fighting it out at the top top of the league and you just sort of think. Hmm. It would be fantastic and it would be one of the best moments ever for me to see that. But I go now for more for the moment where there's going to be a moment of magic, a great goal, a, a fantastic uh, chant. Um, you know, the West Brom game. I remember it. I, I, atmosphere, atmospheres, mate. I, 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 go, I go for that. I mean, yeah, I talked about the Doncaster. Yeah. It was fucking bouncing, mate, in the, in the away end. Um, I, I personally think this season... Uh, I think we will battle relegation bravely once more to put in a football manager sort of way. Uh, but by the end of it, we've got an awfully difficult running, so we need to be well clear before the end of it, to be honest. But okay. I think realistically, uh, I think the top that we could ever, ever possibly expect and hope for is maybe 
10th at a, at a real, real push with everybody saying fit, with Callum Wilson saying fit and so on and so forth. Realistically, I think we will finish somewhere uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, I believe that with, as well. Without Willick, mate, I'd have said in the relegation zones because everybody else who is around us is, is strengthening. But I will say, and I'll put that with a caveat, at this moment, as we record this, like Brighton, they've lost one of their better players. Southampton, they've lost, you know, Danny Ings and stuff as well. Um, he, he's he's gone. So some of the teams down the bottom have been weakened a little bit, but yeah. they have got cash. It's how they use that cash and who they bring into the football club that will be interesting. But I, I certainly think we should be comfortable in the league. Um, and I, and I've got to hope and pray somewhere along the line. In my lifetime, I want to see Newcastle win a cup. So I go into every single season, I put my pound bet on Newcastle to win the Premier League, a pound on the FA Cup and a pound on the League Cup at ridiculous odds every single season. And I have done since um, I've been able, <laughs> been able to. But again, like you, looking forward to the social side of it, yeah. uh, meeting up having a crack run about the match, going up to the ground, the noise as it generally builds up, the atmosphere, and as you walk up to the steps and the noise hits you in the face, seeing St. James's Park, the lovely green carpet, um, the sights, the sounds, and everything else like that, taking our seats uh, and hopefully being entertained. Hopefully the players put a good performance out. They're not bruised too much. Uh, and also interested to see what Graham Jones brings to the party made. His first full season... Yeah, at the club, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he's got to offer. Uh, but my realist, my expectations are realistic given the fact we've got Mike Ashley as an owner, Lee Charney as the MD, and Steve Bruce as, 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 as the manager. So it, it is a doused in realism. And, and you know what, mate? When I was a kid growing up, I had the Kevin Keegan, etc., etc., etc. days, and it was always. Oh, we're going to qualify for Europe. We're going to qualify for the Champions League. This, that, and the other. There's none of that fairy dust. There's none of that magic dust about the place it's anymore. The cathedral on the hill. Um, there's, there's, there's none of that, mate. But you just don't know. We've got some good players. I will say that we've got some cracking players. We've got some okay. shite. We still got some shite. We've cleared a lot of dead wood off. Um, you know, we have cleared a lot of dead wood off. But we've got some good players. I'm looking forward to saying. You know how much I like Miggy. Uh, ASM, Callum Wilson, I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Willick. Willick, of, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Willick, I'm looking forward to seeing Jacob Murphy as well. The goalkeeper yeah. situation, I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops. Uh, I'm hoping Jamal Lascelles gets back to the player that we know he can be and was. I don't think he had the best season last season. Um, Matt Ritchie, I love Matt Ritchie. I love his attitude, um, his application, his work rate. Yeah kicking the corner flags and all that sort of thing. I love all of that. So there is things there that I'm looking forward to, but I'm a realist. I am a realist, and I know this is going to be another season uh, where we are having to punch against the, the yeah. big, big clubs, as, as Steve Bruce uh, will call it. But, hey, just got to keep everything crossed for the takeover as well at the same time, mate. There's that exactly. uh, the shenanigans in the background. But I'm literally, I'm, I'm like, I'm switched off to it and I'm a little bit numb to it and yeah. I'll wait for something a little bit more credible to be coming uh, along the line. I, I certainly am not getting excited about these in-the-know accounts who are talking about um, you know, deals being done to get around certain clauses and issues and problems. I think the Premier League's corrupt 
I think Richard Masters is looking after the top six, uh, top six elitist corrupt uh, six, uh, and that won't change anytime, anytime shortly. So uh, there's going to be a, a hellacious, bloody fight in court at some point along the line. But I just pray it's soon enough to be able to keep uh, Stavely's consortium interested, mate. But yeah, it's very much that's noise. Yeah, in the distance, in you know, streets away. But I'm I'm looking forward to where. Uh, to getting back to St James's Park because it, it, it even against Sheffield United, mate, with what ten thousand in, it was nice to feel that. Yeah, Newcastle energy. Yeah. I am looking forward to that aspect of stuff, mate. But for me, going into the season, I, that at the start of the week, I didn't feel much at all. I was like, kind of, Ugh. but I'm being on a couple of podcasts talking to you, seeing Willock saying, and I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm, I'm getting myself going for the season. I'm looking forward to it and stuff. Um. But for me, in terms of the football, it's whether Graham Jones can outsmart the stupidity that is Steve Bruce. Because when Graham Jones came through the door, we He's such a nice man. It, it, apparently so, but like when he came into the door, we were a mess. We hadn't won in a long time. We were currently going through a uh, many amount of games without a golden open player. We looked messy. We looked flipping shit, and Bruce was very much on the way out and he'd lost the dressing room. So it's a case of <clears throat> can Graham Jones control the stupid the, the, the stupid Bruce in the cage kind of thing. It's kind of can he can he can he do it? Because I know like I know a lot of people be like can like you kind of hammer Bruce but like you can only go off the last 20 games with him in charge before Jones came in and then the 20 after. That's what I compare it to. And I think we're a lot better since Jones came in. And you can tell he's we get we, we, we got a lot better and got more hands-on. Because do you think if Graham Jones hadn't came in, we would have done what we did at Leicester against Man City? Or... Would have done damn it. He's already said that he doesn't do tactics and stuff. Graham Jones does tactics and he does lots of tactics and that's yeah. all he's about. He's about man management and he's about tactics. And there was this, uh, some statistics that I, it was a chart that I put up on our Twitter account, which if you, if you don't follow us, follow us on uh, Twitter. Um, and on that, it showed you the, the form uh, pre-Graham um, Jones coming in and then afterwards. Yeah. And totally after, afterwards, yeah. It, it's like it, it's it was equivalent to European qualification. If if you take the Graham Jones period and you multiply that over a season, that would that was potentially European football that level of form. And if you look at the uplift between the pre and the afterwards, I think it was a masterstroke. By I mean, Steve Bruce says it was him who, who decided to bring him in. I don't know whether I believe that or not. Yeah, uh, it was a safety, it's no. a safety net. It's a safety net by the you know a safety net by the club. Yeah. But whoever's decision it was to bring Graham Jones in, uh, it was an absolute um, you know masterstroke. It really, really was. Um, and look, we just all of a sudden look at that Everton game. It's a perfect example. We were going into it pissing against the wind, but we came out of of that, and there was a plan, and there was a purpose, and there was a tactic designed for Newcastle to get points out of that game and that we did shifting Callum Wilson over to the right hand side playing Niggy through the middle confused the Everton players uh, and it was so 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 effective and we got the goals and we got the win and that was a crucial crucial point and there's umpteen little um, situations like that through the season that Newcastle have benefited from but Steve Bruce himself coming out saying I don't do tactics 
his coaches aren't very tactically aware. I don't think that he's uh, the best coaches that he, the rest of the Steve coaches that he's brought in with him. <laughs> but, um, yes, with Steve Castle and stuff like that. But Graham Judge, and again, it showed. I mean, I think was it uh, Palace when he banished him to the stand, and then we got our uh, asses handed to us. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but I think I think um, Steve Bruce. Look at some of the way he was talking about Graham Jones. It was just such a look of disdain at times last season. He's really got to utilise him. Uh, Gareth Southgate. Look at the effect that he had on the England squad and how heavily uh, balls deep, mate. He was in the England success. Um, we've got to be able to extract a little bit of that out. Out. He's a, he's Newcastle United through and through. And again, we've got to exploit. This sort of thing. We've got the gate at Guardiola. We've got some good players. That should give us some hope. We've got to keep uh, keep hold of Graham Jones, and we've got to keep hold of our, our better players and continue with the process of weeding out the shit. Uh, yeah. Because obviously, seven hundred and fifty-eight days is not enough for Steve Bruce. Well, no, I, I agree, mate. The, the, that's the thing with Steve Bruce. I just. I kind of warmed to him. I've seen a couple of posts on Twitter and that saying, uh, oh, we need to, uh, you need to give him a fresh start. I can't. He's just said too much about the fan base. He's just, he's very against what the fan base is. The he's thing very- is, mate, right? Imagine if, if, you were, if you were a judge and you were trying a murderer or uh, somebody from the police and somebody killed 10 people last year, would in a new year you'd be saying, Well, let's give him a fresh no, you wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't give him a fresh chance. You've got to remember what he's done previously. Look, it's up to Steve Bruce now in a difficult situation. I, I do credit that. Um, to be able to try and win the fans round. But what I would say is last season he had opportunities to do so, and what he did is he, he chose to attack the fans rather than back the fans. Listen to what Sir Bobby Robson used to say about the fans after a bad result. Then listen to, to you know to, to Steve Bruce. And the contrast is absolutely and utterly alarming. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is up to Steve Bruce. He may be a nice man, I've no doubt about it. Again, Mick Lowe says a lot of nice things about Steve Bruce. He's a f- proper football man and this, that and the other. And Steve Bruce blames a lot of issues on his poor... Uh, choice of words and stuff like that. He, he does need to start thinking when when you come out and staying after you've been here two years, things won't improve overnight. You're just making a rod for your own back. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he's really got to think about what he's doing because he is digging his own grave. You know, he's digging his own grave. Yeah. Um, and I just hope this season it, it gets. To know that he's probably is going to get a little bit of stick, and if things go badly to start off with, he's going to get a lot of stick. But he's got to really, really trust those players, like Sir Graham Jones. He's got to trust them to be able to get the performances, and he's just got to sort of oversee it and everything. And um, we we know that Mike Ashley isn't going to get rid of Steve Brooks because he's doing, in his eyes, a fantastic job. Um, but when I go there, and I will be at St James's Park, as as you will, I'll be going to support the lads. You know, uh, I'm going to support the players. I'm going to support the team. I'm going to support the club. I'm going for going for that. I'm not going there for, you know, Steve Bruce or anything else like that. Um, he was never my choice, but he was the choice. You know, so I'm going to more focus my energies on supporting the lads and, and and cheering about what hopefully will be a good performance and a good win for Newcastle. 
at the weekend, but by no means does this make me ST, Bruce, uh, Mark, because I think what you said about the fan base repeatedly throwing us under the bus is yeah. fantastic, and that is yeah. in the back of my mind. I can't, I can't forget what he said about the fan base, and I can't forget about how he slagged the fan base off. Um, but at the same time, I want our club to be successful, mate, and I want us to have a good season. So I will be supporting the lads and joining in all the songs and stuff like that, singing Callum Wilson, Alan St. Maximum, Miggy, Joe Willig, etc. You know, Martin Dubravka's song, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, of course I will. That's, I think that's the right way to approach things at the moment. And I'm just hoping that that distant noise in the background of that takeover rumbling on eventually sorts out the, the rest of the mess at the football club, mate. Yeah. The thing is, mate, like, that's where the realist in me kicks on as well. Because like, I've I've spoke about like off-camera and stuff with like my dad and stuff. And it's like, for me, you, you can only look at the facts. And like, it's not attacking Steve Bruce or anything like that. But the facts are he gets it, the fan base, on a weekly basis. He feeds in to the talk sport agenda that is against Newcastle and its fan base, clearly, that we expect too much and we, we, we expect Champions League every season, yet we've had no investment from an owner in 10 years. Um, we've had one top, we've had two top 10 finishes in the last 15 years under Mike Ashley. Like, we are a, a dying football club and we're told every week by these so-called pundits that we're, we're meant to be, we, we expect too much and we're, 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 we're we, we think we're, we're, we're a Champions League level club. We're not. We're no, we're not. We just have a bit of hope. Yet you yet you see the facts and they clearly decide to disagree. And where Steve Bruce comes into this is the facts speak for themselves, Paul. He, any club he's been to, any, as he took them forward, he's took no club forward. He, no. Steve Bruce either keeps a club in the same place it was or he takes a club backwards. With Newcastle, he's kept in the same place, but he's had two hundred million pound, and we haven't went forward. He's been backed more than any Newcastle United manager. He has been backed. like you compare Rafa's teams, and I'm I, I'm not going to mention Rafa too much because he's Everton manager now. It's done. But like Rafa, Josselu, we had like Atsu, we had all these players that weren't good enough for the Premier Absolutely. League. We're matching like the you've got you've got like Steve Bruce who's got Maximin, he's got Wilson, he's got all these players, all this investment, and he can only match. He can only stay at the same level. I'm not quite sure how we finished twelfth last season, but we did by some miraculous way. But for me, Steve Bruce, his version of success is standing still, staying in the same place. Merely existent. That's what Steve Bruce does. He, he keeps feeding into this. He keep. He said a couple of times last season he's a bang average manager. His success or his enjoyment in football is just merely existent in the Premier League. That's why he's done nothing. It's why he's won nothing. It's why he never win anything because he's just he's happy. He's, to yeah. exist. he's just happy. He's, to happy, he's happy for the job, mate. He's happy for the opportunity. He's which is perfect for Newcastle. It's yeah. Fit into Mike Ashley and Lee Charney's Newcastle United when they say we're just happy to stay in the Premier League and Bruce is a, a manager that's happy to exist so he'll take the bare minimum he'll take whatever because his success is keeping a team in the same place he'll never kick a team on he'll never get a team to where it should be he'll always keep a team either there or you'll drop them down like a flipping a, a brick and water do you know what I mean that's Steve Bruce and it's like how, how long can he keep us there before Steve Bruce comes in? If it weren't for Graham Jones, he would have got relegated last season. 
mate, mate, during, during that run, during that run where we couldn't get the side of a fucking barn tour, at 99.9% .9 of any other clubs, he would have been relieved of his duties. Yeah, you think it at Chelsea or anywhere else like that, he'd have been going after two or three defeats. But at Newcastle, it's just keep the status quo, don't try and rock the boat, minimal investment, etc., etc., etc. And, um, you know, you've got. You've got he talks about knocking doors down and stuff. You've got Rafa Benitez who was hurried out of the door, who was pushed away, who was given minimal investment uh, because he did knock some doors down and he did want better for Newcastle. And you've got Steve Bruce who they are very happy with. Why are they very happy? Because he doesn't he ask happy. for a lot. He, he doesn't walk the board. He is We're happy. With You're totally right. And, and football, mate, it shouldn't be about that. Going back to what I was saying when I younger years when I was back at school and stuff and all that. Well, oh, I wonder if we can do well in the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. I wonder if we can do well and get in the UEFA. Go, oh, do you think there's a chance for Champions League? Do you know what I mean? And they'll be like, oh, oh, can we push on? Can we do one better? Can, can we win the? Can we, you know, win the league? Can we? Uh, can we beat Manchester United? Uh, yeah. All of these, all of these things. It was a case of reaching for the stars. And now this is like the reality um, years where you're just realising that we're fighting. Realistically made, this season we are fighting against the likes of Burnley, Brighton, Southampton, um, Brentford, Watford, etc., etc. We're fighting those sorts of clubs. Yeah. Um, and it's when you start saying stuff like that, it does deflate you a little bit because those aren't um, anywhere near heavyweights. They're not even like uh, they're not even the the next you know echelons up. And you look at clubs, uh, and we can look at clubs like Aston Villa who just recently uh, stayed up, and look at them now. They're really pushing on. They're in an exciting adventure. Made their their um, head of operations, their in person in charge of the football club comes out and talks to the fans about decisions. Why, why did we decide to sell Jack Grealish? Why did we do that? Mate, we don't even get uh, Lee Charney out to discuss fan forums and stuff like that, which he's supposed to be able to do and everything. Um, I'm not even sure, like I say, whether Mrs Charney has a conversation with Lee Charney. Um, you know what I mean? So the, the club, the club is, is in a mess and we are still at a low point, but it's made us grateful for every small thing. So like a day like today, when we've signed Joe Willick, we're absolutely buzzing. We're over the moon. And you're getting gooners who are looking at you thinking, you've just signed Joe Willick. Why, why are you so excited? Why? <laughs> they'll be you know down what I mean? with soon if they're not careful getting beat off up in Brentford. Christ. Exactly. Is it still 2-0? No, it finished 2-0, it finished mate. It's 2-0. <laughs> <laughs> it turns on EFTV. Well, <laughs> He, he, he's gone. Arsenal. He's gone. He's our player. You can't have him back. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got major major uh, problems. Brentford. That's a fantastic uh, because that would be one that they weren't targeting points from. I don't believe. Uh, so again, Brentford. Brentford are, are one of our competitors this season, whether people like it or not. They are a competitor. They've got off to a fantastic start against. One of the so-called so-called big six that the Premier League likes to protect, so they won't like today's result. But obviously, we all know them as the greedy six. Yeah. So tonight, Arsenal bottom of the Premier League, uh, and uh, Brentford top of the Premier League. 
<laughs> crazy days. And the league now got one of the big six relegated. Be fucking hilarious. But uh, <laughs> one thing I will say, mate, just to just to wrap things up in terms of a summary, is that Steve Bruce kind of get away if he Steve Bruce kind of do what he did last season again because the fans are there now. Uh, he kind of like he kind of go on a run of two wins in twenty three. He kind of say the say wrong things every week and goad the fans in press conferences because. The pressure will be amped up to seven hundred and fifty million times more to what he was used to last be, season. Be got so he's got you'll, be, be you'll be getting John Barnes on here next. John Barnes will be kicking off at you. You want to be careful because John Barnes already knows it. it. It's all our fault. It's all the Newcastle fans' fault. That's why we're doing shit. That's why we're making stupid decisions. The Franken Centre. That's why we've messed up with this whole takeover. Um, thing that's why steve bruce keeps opening his gob and out spews random bits of shit it's all the fans fault it's nobody else's fault thank you john barnes thank I mean, you john barnes for, for no 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 Speaking of decisions, that. If, if john barnes wants to talk about decisions he's known most for a flipping shitty rap do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's raps when he came to newcastle i think they were done it <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking shite. He was shite for Newcastle. He really was. But uh, to wrap, uh, I mean, yeah, Bruce kind of did what he did again, basically, because I think far, I think fan unrest would be toxic, and I don't want that. I don't want because it's already toxic on social media at times, and it's like if we lose a couple of games and we go on a bad run, and Steve Bruce says the wrong things, and then Talksport starts start saying things that'll they like, turn the crowd. It'll be really toxic next season, so I'm kind of hope I'm kind of hoping we don't. It doesn't come to that, but Steve Bruce will not get away with it next season. The fans will not let that happen. But to wrap the podcast, mate, I think you had a prediction of between tw- between eleventh and fourteenth this season, didn't you? The thing is, I'm gonna be vanilla and say the same, but I'm gonna say Bruce is finally going to do it. He's finally going to match Rafa officially, and we're gonna have forty six points at the end of the season, and I think that'll take we between. 11th and 14th like you say but if we can have a good cup run see a little bit of progression uh, on the field where we're playing a bit more attractive football and we're trying to make something happen in, in big games then okay but I cannot take having another depressing season two wins and 23 with a ship manager in charge um, <laughs> it'll be a hard season at times I expect a couple of negative podcasts but the optimist oh, in it, not the next one the optimist in us would like to see us see Newcastle smash 50 to 55 points this season, aim for the top 10. But that's the best that we could hope for if everyone stays fit, which with the way Bruce operates will not happen. But um, unless there's anything else you want to mention, Paul, I think that's it for pre for, for the season preview. Like, Yeah, no, I think that's everything. Just if you have listened to this point, thank you very, very much. Uh, we do all put a lot of work in the Magpie 24-7. So if you could like all of our accounts, that is appreciated. We don't bombard you with adverts or this, that, and the other. Um, but if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, yeah, and everything else, Spotify, all the good stuff, that does mean a, a lot. Because obviously, myself and yourself put a lot of work into Magpie 24-7. Yeah, yeah we do. So, and there is thousands, there's thousands of people now following, you know, like across across the board, um, you know, six, seven thousand on Facebook, uh, over five and a half thousand on Twitter. We've just started the YouTube, but we need to get that up. 
but Instagram goes up daily, touching 3,000. So, yeah, it's not about the numbers and stuff for us, but it is nice uh, and a nice reward, and it does get the word out there a little bit more and more people get to listen uh, to everything and share and join in the, you know, the debate in the comments section, talking, uh, socialising. Um, so, yeah, please do. If you haven't already, please do check them all out. Give us a like. Uh, and looking forward to hopefully uh, a better better season and making some good memories Thank back at St James's Park and back on the road, back on the road. Uh, coronavirus, do one. Yeah, hopefully. But in terms of like the schedule for most weekends, it'll be a case of me and Paul do a video um, after the game, and then and then we'll do the podcast the next day. I think uh, I don't want. Several hundred related several videos where we'll talk about the same thing. It's just a case we'll have one for the YouTube and then the main podcast follows it. So uh, you, you you get you get your two two videos, uh, one being a podcast throughout the season and stuff, and then we'll have a preview as well. I'll probably go out on Saturday. Um so so yeah, I think that's that's everything covered. I'm um, looking forward to the season, Paul. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday, and hopefully by the time we record this on Monday night. Uh, we're, we're celebrating three points uh, in being. Yeah, four, three, four, five goals for Newcastle, of course. Easy. Easy, <laughs> points, no problem. But uh, bring on uh, Moisey. Just for just for listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, everyone. We love you and leave you. And uh, yeah, see you on the next one on the next Mike Point Four Seven podcast. And uh, yeah, catch you in a bit. See you later. <laughs>